So this can be a competency in leadership. It can be a competency in technical skills, know-how about uh, the technical issues that the company is dealing with out in the marketplace with their product set and so forth. It really comes down to good decision-making. Does, does a leader or does this person make good decisions because they have competency and the skills and right. talents and things that are needed for the role that they, they right. play within the business? That's why so many businesses will only promote from within. They never hire from outside because mm-hmm. they want to make sure that they know the ins and outs of everything. So if somebody comes to them with a need or a question, they're competent in all areas. Right. And going back to your example, person gets promoted because they, they're really good at sales, but they don't have the talents and the skills necessary to be a good leader. And all of a sudden, they're not making good decisions because they don't have right. competency. And therefore, n- nobody has any trust in what they're doing. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. My name is Andy McDowell, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Zach Levy. Thank you for joining us this week. Andy, great to see you. Great to see you. I'm glad to hear you had a great vacation. Yes. Um, in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. 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 <laughs> Louisville. It's sort of like Albany versus Albany in the southwest part of our state, right? Right. I mean, Megan being from there, she told me, say it like you got your... Uh, tongue stung by a bee. Yeah. And that's the right way. So there you go. That's a good tip. I'll have to remember that one. So our episode today is on one word. Trust. Yeah. We're going to try and fill up 45, 60 minutes on just one single word called trust, which is a very important element in business and something I don't think everybody thinks about every day. You know, it's right up there with empathy and other words that relate to us as human beings and it's in the business world that we don't sort of sit back with our cup of coffee and think about very often. But it's right. it's a big foundational element into the success of your venture called your right. business uh, is trust. So we've got a pretty extensive list of items to talk about just in one single word. Mm-hmm. And this one's huge. I mean, in our business with our inner circle, because we're going to go through this, this doesn't happen overnight, but one of the key principles, the number one key principle out of three is trust without doubt. Mm -hmm. And that's a 360 trust, not just 
follower to leader, leader to follower goes up, down, and laterally within the right, organization. So trust without doubt versus something like trust but question. Right. Right. Sort of a cautious trust. Right. It's like I'm sort of on my way there, but not quite to trust without doubt. Right. And so trust is often used with people the analogy of friendship, right, is on a scale. One end is just met you, don't know much about you, all the way up to BFFs, best friends forever kind of concept on the end. And and everybody in your life will fit somewhere on that spectrum. The same thing with trust. No trust on one end and then the trust without doubt on the other, other end in just like with friendship, with trust, you, and the more work that you put into it, you can slide that, that button on that scale further to the right, right. kind of standpoint. And you're going to have that, that button's going to be on a different scale depending on who you're working with, whether it be a colleague that sits next to you or your boss or with an organization, which is a great lead into our first topic, right? Which is right. the types of trust in the business. So, number one is in business, a strategic trust right so i mean we talk we've talked about business strategy over and over but the organization or the buying into the strategies that are put in place yeah where we're going right what are we doing where are we going do i trust that what the leaders of the company and strategy that they've developed is going to take us where we need to go and be successful you right. know, once again, where are we on that scale? And right. different people are going to be at different spots on that within the company. But what you hope is that most people are moving towards the right with that. You know, right. as you're executing on that strategy and performing and moving forward, that well, people are going to trust that, hey, this seems to be working. I've got trust in the leadership to be able right. to take us where we need to go. Which next, like you said, trust in leadership is that personal trust, right? Mm-hmm. So trusting not just on a business strategic level, but on a personal level, can they come to you? Can they talk to you openly and feel safe, if you will? Yeah, personal trust is that relationship with the person sitting next to you or with your boss or leader or a colleague that is in a different division or different department within the company that you do a lot of interaction with, whoever you have a lot of engagement with, what kind of level of trust do you have? Right. Working with those people. And probably the most important there is between you and your supervisor. Right. So number one reason why people leave is because of that relationship. So trust is a huge issue when it comes to that dynamic in that relationship. Then lastly, overall, the third type of trust within a business is the organizational trust. Right. By this, we mean the overall trust of, of the business. Right. Right. Which is more than just the strategy. It's more than just the personal trust. It's do I trust the company to do the right thing in all areas? Right. You know, this is where the, the values and the, and the why and the how of the organization come into play is if we if we do get ourselves into a bind, I trust that the company is going to do the right thing by me, by my colleagues, by our customers, whatever it might be. Right. Is organizational trust. So those are three three key items or key, 
key areas. There's probably others, but that's probably the, the big the, three, the, the top three, if you will, um, within a business. But moving into kind of breaking down trust, I mean, the seven C's of trust, if you will. Mm-hmm. The first one is, I mean, they're all huge, but the first one, thinking back to when I had, you know, I had a boss or a manager and their their expectations were about as clear as mud. Mm-hmm. The goal or the mission was as clear as mud. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. So if you can't relay that to me, how am I going to trust that I can even get the job done? Right. Right. So, and have it recognized. Right. So the first one's clarity, right? Like I just said, I mean, giving those muddy or ambiguous goals or communication in general does not move people, does not move that slider to the right side where more trust happens. Right. So these seven C's are elements or areas that you can dissect and work on to make that overall slider of trust go to the right, particularly if you are a leader and you have a team that's working for you. These are seven key elements that you can look at your your own job performance and say, how how well am I doing in these areas? And if I'm doing well in all seven, then I'm going to have a lot of trust out there uh, on the floor of the of the workplace with my, with my team. Uh, that's what we mean by these seven C's. So the second one is compassion. And this gets into the safe environment and trust and judgment, right? Do you, do you have compassion if somebody brings you a difficult situation, whether it be wor- uh, workplace or business-based or even in their personal life? Right. All right. Do you have an expression of compassion to say, oh, I'm sorry that you're going through that? Right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how we can make it better. Let's have that safe environment, that safe discussion. It's not just an immediate judgment like, what the heck are you doing? You know, it's not a, it's not a judgment right. right away saying, okay, I'm sorry you're going through that. Let's and talk about it. It's letting, I think, especially in management or business leadership, roles like that, if a subordinate comes to you with an outside issue or something that may hinder their workability at the time or something mm-hmm. like that, I think for building that trust and building a stronger organization, there's got to be somewhat of a gray area. You can't keep it black and white. There's got to be compassion. There's got to be the human element mm-hmm. to create that safe space. Yeah. Sometimes the employee just wants to bend. Right. You know, it's like, have to say to yourself as a leader, what can I control and can't control in this situation? And if it's a personal situation that's going on at home, so you don't have a lot of control of that, but you can be in here. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's all the employee needs is for 10, 15 minutes to be able to vent and then go on with their day. And, you know, they have that opportunity to vent sort of calms things down for them. They can get on with their work life for the day. That's showing compassion. Right. Empathy, vulnerability. Showing that you're human. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? And that life happens. So, and under, understanding that. perfect. Right? So, the next one would be character. And this one, like I said, they're all huge. Is the your people's ability to trust that 
you're going to do what's right for everybody if you can 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So integrity, right. fairness, it, all, all those type words come into play with this one. My favorite on that is integrity. Yeah. Right. Doing what's right when nobody's looking. Right. You mm-hmm. know, so that way your, your people know there's no hidden agenda. It's not you over them. It's not, you know, I love leaders eat last, right. Putting your people's needs first, making sure you do what's right by them. Well, and this is living out your values, whether whether it's your personal values or the values of the company, right? This right. is where the how and the culture really starts getting built. Right. Is with this one. So fourth one is uh, competency. I don't think this one gets talked enough well, about it, right? I want to use an example real quick here, especially for growing businesses that you're moving people into leadership roles. I won't name the company, but when I was working in fitness, fitness sales, they promoted the people who did the most sales. That was pretty much it. Did you hit your numbers? Were you selling? Were you hitting those goals? And it had nothing to do with leadership skills. Right. None. And the turnover was horrendous, right? You'd get people in a management role that were supposed to run clubs that all they did was sell, but their teams were starving. They weren't developing people. They weren't teaching their teams how to be successful. They just said, hey, you sold a lot. Here you go. So that was not a competent leader. And in that case, and and this kind of all ties back, that sales team, there's no way they trusted their manager. There's no way they trusted that director in that role. Because, yeah, you're going to sell. You're taking all of the sales from us was the, you know, when I would talk to different people in the company, was the message that was sent. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like there was a hidden agenda. The competency as a leader wasn't there. So they didn't trust that they could help them be successful. Right. So... This can be a competency in leadership. It can be a competency in technical skills, know-how about uh, the technical issues that the company is dealing with out in the marketplace with their product set and so forth. It really comes down to good decision-making. Does does a leader or does this person make good decisions because they have competency in the skills and right. talents and things that are needed for the role that they, they right. play within the business? That's why so many businesses will only promote from within. They never hire from outside Mm -hmm. because they want to make sure that they know the ins and outs of everything. So if somebody comes to them with a need or a question, they're competent in all areas. Right. And and going back to your example, person gets promoted because they're really good at sales, but they don't have the talents and skills necessary to be a good leader and all of a sudden they're not making good decisions because they don't have competency and therefore nobody has any trust in what they're doing it sort of goes in one year and out the other like i don't trust anything that you're saying so i'm not going to listen to you right and then things don't get done so that's what i mean by competency trust and then you've got to as a leader or business owner have to stay committed right that's Mm mm-hmm Number five is commitment because you've got to be more bought in than your team is. And they've got to see that 100%. And you should be as the business owner, I would hope. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, I mean, put your shoe, your, yourself in the shoes of an employee. Why do I want to stay here and work for this company if the business owner is not committed to it? Well, right? if the business owner is not committed to it, that leaves the employee to ponder, well, what's my future here look like? Exactly. Where's my future? Where's the company going? Am right. I, am I going to have a paycheck six months from now? Right. There's not enough com- commitment to spend the time, do the research, whatever's necessary, and make good decisions that a committed business owner would, then why would I want to stay here? I see no future for myself here. And I just start leaving in droves. Right. So this this one has a lot of impact. A lot of impact. And you're not being inspirational either. No. And also committed to not just the business, but to the people. Right? There's got to mm-hmm. be a secondary commitment there. Again, I've talked about this time and time again. Being a servant leader, committed to your people's success before your own. Right. Right. Now, in a business, you've got to be profitable. There's parameters you have to meet, but still making sure that you are committed to your team having the skills that they need. That if you're building a team, you're hiring the right pieces that go with the rest of the team that's already there. Mm-hmm. There's so many commitments there. You've just got to be 100% bought in. Not just, I'm here to run a business and make money, but at that point, you're, you've got to be investing in people. Right. Well, Heavy. It's, it's, a, it's a mindset and an understanding that it takes a village to run a business. Right. Make it successful. And so are you committed to not only the success of the business and, and, and therefore for yourself as the owner, but than for all these other people that I need in order to be successful in business. Right. What am I doing to take care of them? And speaking of people, number six is connection. Right. You can go back to how many episodes we've done. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Talk about this particular one, right? I mean, tying it back into the commitment, being committed to your people, people want to work with and for like we say, people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust, mm-hmm. right? So showing that human element, letting your people know you, you know them, right? And not just having them as an employee, as a number, but knowing what makes them tick, you know, finding the common threads. Because if you find a common interest or a common thread, you make that connection stronger and that bond and that trust start sliding to the right side quicker. Yeah, this is the one where hidden agendas come into play. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're not establishing a connection with people and establishing a relationship, then they're always questioning what your motives are. Is your heart in the right place? All those type of comments and speculations that, that, trust, that trust lover is not going to go much to the right. It may be in the middle somewhere, but... right. It's like, I'm, I'm just not sure about this person because they may come out of left field or right field at any moment on something because they just don't, I don't know how their mind works. I don't know how their heart ticks because they haven't really established a connection with anybody. All right. If you're, the, if you're that mysterious boss in the office corner. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, what if the boss is out of the office then and an employee's got to make a decision because the boss is not around or on vacation or inaccessible or whatever it might be? It's like, I can't even begin to think what might be running through his or her as the, the business owner's head. Right. I mean, I can't sit here and and now all of a sudden I have to make that decision based off of what I think as opposed to what that what I think that person would think as the business owner because I have no connection with them. I, I, I can't see through so to speak, anything to think about, well, I think Bob or Ann or whoever the business owner might be would make a decision in this way because I have no connection with them. I don't know how they think. I don't know how they feel about the certain topic or these certain things in the business because there's right. no connection. So know your people, and that leads into kind of, I mean, talking about employees making decisions is – Number seven is contribution. And really talking, I love this because as a former athlete, and most former athletes I know, I we love recognition, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what a lot of people can be. Well, how many times have we said human beings love to be seen? Right. One of the greatest business minds ever said, you know, treat people like they've got a sign on their chest that says, make me feel special, mm-hmm. Right. And letting your employees or your team, your business know how impactful their contributions are, what what value they're providing to the world, right? Well, it's also um, the employee's about to start a project. And you as a boss don't have a great track record of recognizing other people's work. Maybe even take to all the credit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> how much engagement are you going to get from that employee on this project, and how much of their heart and soul, so to speak, are you going to get out of them and trying to do well in the project? If they knew at the end, what am I doing this for? He's just going to take all the credit anyway. Right. Because then, right. So now, now you get a, a half an effort, if at best. Because yeah. then they're just it. doing it for a paycheck. There's nothing else behind it. Right. They're just checking boxes. You're not going to get their best effort. From that standpoint, because you haven't bothered to recognize their contribution or, or, or the team that the employee's on. If you have multiple teams underneath you, like why? Why are we doing this? Just like you said, we're just collecting the paycheck and moving on, getting half efforts instead of full efforts. So you can see from these seven, they all begin with the letter C, but they're all extremely impactful. In the business, and the reason why I felt like we should do an episode just on this one word, because it has such impact in how well the business runs and is successful in the end. Again, the key concept, number one, that we use with our leadership is trust without doubt Mm -hmm. for a reason. Because for the organization to be able to move forward effectively, there's got to be that trust in all these areas. Yeah. So what kind of things can we expect out of this? You I mean, you as a business owner or, or a, a leader work on these aspects and you, you help to move that knob to the right or that lever to the right on the trust scale. What kinds of things can we expect to show up? I mean, you just as hit outcomes. On, you just hit on this is better work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. They're putting more effort into tasks, projects, and overall better outcomes. Yeah, for a number of reasons. Right. 
right? You've created a safer environment. So you get better ideas. Right. People speak up, you or, get a think tank. Or a major bump on the road is coming down the road and employees not afraid to knock on your door and step in your office and bring light to the issue because it's a safe environment because they trust that you're going to appropriately address the situation. Right. And then all of a sudden you're able to take a major left turn and avoid the bump because of that trust. If they didn't trust you, it's like, yeah, he'll figure it out. Right. Then he'll have to fix it on his own because we're not going to do anything because there's no trust there. Cool. And if there is conflict, better conflict resolution, mm-hmm. we may be able to avoid the bump in the road altogether. But if the bump's unavoidable, are we going to make it over the bump? Right. And how effectively? Or I feel like my voice uh, in the problem or the conflict is going to be heard, respected, and taken into account with whatever decisions come out of this. Again, like we've talked about, people want to be seen and heard. Right. Right. Right, wrong, or indifferent, if they have that safe environment, it all, you know, it fosters the the better ideas, like you said, the the ability to communicate and overcome obstacles. And do you explain the why? If you get in a situation where you've got people around the room trying to work through a conflict, whether it's inside the company or with a customer or whatever... And you express your your opinion, and the leader decides to go in the opposite direction. Does the leader come back to you and say, "Hey, you had very valid points. I appreciate your input, but I made this decision to go this direction because." Mm-hmm. And you explain the why of your decision behind it. At the very least, the employee's going to walk out of the room with respect and trust because you right. you addressed it and you explained why you made the decision you did. And you felt like you were heard. That's going to move that trust lever to the right so that they're not going to be afraid to speak up whenever that situa- type situation presents itself again. Right. And I think overall it's going to get us to our, to our goals, even, you know, deadlines quicker, mm-hmm. right? Because we can make decisions quicker. We can put those decisions into action quicker because there's not the, there's not the, lack of trust clearly but the questioning of the agenda right they know the why less explanation of things right because that trust without doubt if you know with my mentor for example if he says move left i'm not asking why because that trust is already established Mm -hmm. right i know that he knows the why i don't need to question it right now it's typically relayed because Again, the connection is there, and he knows how my brain works. But if he said move left, I'm moving left. Well, this this is a very key item for sort of middle management and above. If you've established great relationships with your peers that run other divisions that you might interact with a lot, or with your boss who might be an executive and those type things, if there's a high trust level, you can make decisions on the floor and employee might call you on it and say, well, don't you want to talk to your boss about it? I go, no, I don't, I don't feel like I, do, I need to because I know how my boss thinks about mm-hmm. this. We've had a lot of conversations. We build a lot of trust up on this topic and so forth. And I know I don't feel like I need to. Right. And therefore things get moved faster instead of waiting. Well, your boss is on vacation. You've got to wait a week or 10 days before you get to a decision. 
right. kind of thing. There's a great book, Stephen Covey's son, and unfortunately, I don't remember his first name, wrote a book called The Speed of Trust that I highly recommend for you if you have an interest in the word trust. And a lot of what we're talking about today, he wrote an excellent book. I, I read it a number of years ago when it first came out. So take a look at that if you want some more information or details on this. Another ROI on trust is, we sort of touched on it before, is the ability or the desire of an employee to work harder and stay longer with the company because there's a huge level of trust in the relationship with their supervisor and with the company. If you take all those three topics we talked at the beginning of the episode, strategic, personal, organizational trust, if all that exists in that environment, then the likelihood of you retaining good talent or even bringing in good talent and having a strong culture because of it is going to be a lot higher. Right. It's another invest, you know, another return that you get on that investment of your hard work to develop trust amongst your team as well within the company. So overall moving from what it sounds like, Andy, from moving the knob, the lever, the trust meter, Mm -hmm. filling it up, we get the business that we want. Right, we get the organization that we want that moves as one and runs as a well-oiled machine. Mm-hmm. Right, there's a lot more engagement out of the employees, and guess what? They're out there talking out in the world about. You know, they meet somebody at a party, and it's like, "Well, what do you do? I work for so and so company. Oh, how are you enjoying it? I love it. Right, great culture, great people. I trust everybody. Yada 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 type conversation and. They keep doing that and they keep doing that, keep doing it. Well, guess what? When those people are looking for a job, they're like, hey, I remember Laura making that, those strong comments about her company. Maybe that's somewhere I want to go look at in terms of finding a new job. Right. So, trust creates a compounding effect, which is one of my favorite effects <laughs> there is. So, it generates a lot of value, it right? Does. So, what can damage trust, right? Because we've got to know what to look out for, right. what we can work on ourselves and avoid, right? I mean, if you know there's a pothole that's going to bend your rim in the road ahead, you mm-hmm. want to be able to swerve and avoid it. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest ones in leadership or management, I believe, is inconsistency. I was talking about that manager I had in the past that, his his expectations were as clear as mud. They also seem to change all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? If I could give you the example of a leader, of poor leader, it would have been him. Right? Muddy expectations, unclear and inconsistent. Right? Well, it's a lot like politicians, right? It's like, well, what what do I think is going to get the most favorable response out of my right. boss or? leadership or I'm I'm up for that promotion and I'm going to do certain things that I think is going to be in good light so that I get that promotion, even though it might not be the right decisions to be making for your team in the long haul. Right. Right. So now all of a sudden your decisions are sometimes hitting left field, sometimes hitting right field, sometimes in center field, sometimes it's a bunt. I mean, you're just all over, all over the place in your decision making, very inconsistent and nobody, nobody's trusting you to do the right thing for the company or for their team or for an individual employee or whatever it might be, the trust level just starts moving to the left. 
because you're inconsistent in your approach to your leadership. You know, people are walking out of meetings with their, their bug eyes, walking out going, what the heck was that? Right. <laughs> Where did in that there. come from? That came from left field, you know, because you're just being totally inconsistent in, in your decision making. Doesn't build a lot of levels of trust. No. Another one's unfairness. Sort of goes hand in hand a little bit with the inconsistency, but just this is a culture, this is a how type thing, right? Are you being, as you look across the board, all your decision makings, whether it's in dealing with an individual um, employee or for the team overall, whatever is, are you being fair? Right. And I mean, since we're on business podcast, especially, I mean, the more and more society goes on, I mean, this is where you get accusations of discrimination, whether that be based on sex, race, gender, religion, whatever. If there's inconsistency and unfairness in the actions you take with your team, whether it be positive or negative, it can be spun either way. Mm -hmm. So not only are you damaging the trust, you may be damaging your business or yourself at the same time if not avoiding these. Right. I mean, if you're putting, making decision, decision makings based off the, w- the way the person looks or some kind of influence they may have inside the company. I mean, there's mul- different multiple things that may lean you to be biased or heading in one direction and making a decision with a particular person that's just totally unfair to everybody else on the team. Right. You know, if you're interviewing some of your employees to do that internal promotion that you were talking about, are you asking the same questions? Are you evaluating everybody on the same same scale and in the same criteria? Or does one person have one set of criteria and the other person has a different set of criteria? Right. Those can cause huge issues for yourself if you're not being fair. What about false feedback? What, what do we mean by false feedback? I think this can go a couple ways, but... This is where sort of passive aggressiveness and those type things start creeping in, right? I mean, the one word that comes to mind is patronizing. Patronizing, afraid to talk about a particular subject. You just want to placate the boss. Right. You don't don't want to make... You feel like you don't have that safe environment, so when topics come up, you're not willing to speak your mind, speak your opinion, speak your ideas... And so forth. So you're just placating in the in the room. And then as you leave the room, you're muttering under your breath. Like, he's, he or she is just way off base and just going in the totally wrong direction. You weren't, right. weren't able to throw out those kinds of ideas or thoughts in the meeting. But you want to go sit in the break room and have all that type of conversation with your fellow employees. And stir them up. In a passive aggressive behavior, and then well, what does that leave you? Right. As an organization, and as you as a leader, are you doing certain things that sort of fosters that environment? That's even worse. Well, again, if you're getting false feedback from employees, if that's the case, you haven't fostered a safe environment. Right. It's not not a level of trust in the room. They feel like right. they can speak their mind without repercussions. Now, going the other way from boss to subordinate or 
anything like that. The false feedback can come in performance reviews or, hey, how am I doing? Oh, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Just so you don't have to talk about the hard stuff. Right. Right. And I mean, I'd say somebody needs development in leadership if you can't talk about the hard stuff because you have to. Because how are they going to improve? How are they going to do better? Because then all of a sudden one day they get let go because lack of performance when they were never told they needed to improve. Mm-hmm. Which. Well, you didn't even give them a mid-year performance review. Right. They have no ability to course correct because you haven't provided any feedback or you gave false feedback if you right. had one. You have the review and say, oh, you check all the boxes. When they yeah. check two out of ten, that's... It's two out of ten, and then all of a sudden you decide, you decide to get um, <laughs> real with them at the end of the year and it comes out of left field like, wait a minute. Right. Halfway through the year, you said I was doing great and I had all these boxes checked or I was on my way to getting all the, the boxes checked and all of a sudden... You're telling me I'm in a totally different spot. Not good. Well. For either party. And it certainly doesn't. The trust lever just went to the left. Right. And then you have people walking out the door because they don't want to be there. Right. And the next point on this is not being able to address the elephants in the room. Just trying to hide them under the rug, and we know how well mm-hmm. trying to hide an elephant under a rug will work. <laughs> yeah, so this can be either um, an elephant with two people in the room or it can be an elephant with ten people in the room. You right. Know, it could be a, a team elephant in the room or it could just be an elephant in the room between two people, whether it be two work colleagues or, you know, a leader, leader-subordinate relationship or whatever type standpoint. If you've had some hurt... You know, this happens in life as well. You have some some hurt that happened because of behaviors or comments or whatever it may be, and they weren't discussed and no healings come from it. Now, all of a sudden, it does become an elephant in the room. Trust lever just went down. Right. Because it's not being addressed, no matter how difficult the, the conversation is. There's no trust that, that it'll be brought up, approached appropriately with respect and trust and so forth and discussed. And you might you might not like the outcome, but at least it was discussed and you had your opportunity to have your say in it and it was mm-hmm. treated with respect. That goes right along well, with rumors. Right. Well, a couple of things we addressed, talking about if you give false feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Or the employee gives false feedback and then goes back and... Starts bad-mouthing the boss for the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, whatever it may be, the the rumor mill starts and you can just watch the foundation crumble. Sure. If you don't have a lot of trust in the environment and you as a boss have somebody in your office talking and people know about it and all of a sudden the rumor mill starts going about right. what that conversation is about. You know, and- that that can foster a bad environment on the floor, so to speak. And the trust level's getting knocked down because of that. Cool. Unless you hear about the rumor and then start trying to address it and put it to bed, just like an and, elephant. And being proactive on this, let's say you have one bad seat, right? In mm-hmm. the whole bunch. And 
you've established that trust with the team ahead of time for the majority of them. You've, you've built high levels of trust there to where somebody tries to start a rumor and they're questioning the rumor itself, not just going along with it going, he wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't say that. Right. You know, that doesn't sound right. And then when you've also created that safe space, that safe environment to where they can talk about it, somebody can come to you and say, Hey, did did this actually happen? And then it can be put to bed ahead of time. Right. Once again, having that safe environment employee can come up and say, Hey, this is being said around the floor. I think it's a rumor. You might want to address it. Mm-hmm. So, so to put it, put it to bed. But if you if you don't have that trust lever up to the right, pretty high, with your team and so forth, somebody's likelihood to come and say something to you about it's going to be a lot lower, and then that rumor's is going to fester and cause havoc in your business. Right. And talking about character in this situation, going back to one of the seven C's. Mm-hmm. And creating that safe environment, if somebody were to come to you with a concern of a rumor going around, how re- how you react is going to either build or diminish that trust as well. Right. Right. Because I've seen some instances where this has happened in a work environment and the person that was being asked, hey, did this happen? Or, hey, mm-hmm. they fly off the handle like questioning, how would you ever believe that? And just... If somebody reacts that way, I'm going to think they did what they were accused of in the first place. Yeah, well, just like a a child watches a parent and models or tries to behave in the same way that the parent does. So does, in, 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 you know, by human nature, employees are going to do the same thing with how the boss behaves. By their actions, their behaviors, the decision makings, you know, that they do. And just like the child wants to have trust in a parent and be, you know, you want to create that environment as a parent such that anything that's happening in the child's life can come to talk to you about it. If they're having difficulty and have some teaching moments, it's the same thing between an employee and a boss. Right. And then overall, these issues can lead to just overarching poor poor performance across the board. Yeah, so going back to the first three, right, when we're talking about strategic and organizational trust, if your company is not performing well, then by nature, the trust level of the collective group of employees and so forth is going to start going down, right? Which then you can go back up to some of the seven C's to figure out why, right? Right. Is Is it competency? Is it character? Is it commitment? What are these things... Am I, am I not doing well as a business owner that's causing the performance to go down and therefore the trust level and employees to go down? Right. They all go hand in hand. Hmm. I was talking to a business leader on self-evaluation the other night, actually. And the analogy he used, he was a former law enforcement officer mm-hmm. and used to teach firearms classes okay. and teach people to shoot. And, you know, you can't... Just shoot, 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 and expect to be accurate, right? It's do a little bit, self-reflect, self, self reflect, look at the grouping, mm-hmm. then correct. Right. 
continue, look at the grouping, then correct. So as you're going on, if you're seeing poor performance, just do a quick introspection. That is important time. And as business leader myself, I know we can get caught up in just work, 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 and go, 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 yep. go, go after the goal. It's sucking the, the tactics. Goal. Right. You're working in the business instead of on it. Right. And it's very easy to do. You can get sucked in. Absolutely. Right. But remember, you've got to work on yourself. You've got to schedule that time. That time's just as important as a call with a huge client. Mm-hmm. To be able to look at these areas, because if not, and you laid it out perfectly, it doesn't matter how hard you're working, it's all going to fall if the trust isn't there. Right. That's yeah, so somewhat a <clears throat> beating your head against the wall. Right. Because you're working hard, you're working hard, you're working hard, but because the trust level's not there, the speed of your business, your 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 track is not greased, right, right? by trust. So it's like pushing a rock up a hill from that perspective because you've got a, a big um, headwind called lack of trust that's pushing up against you as you're trying right. to push that rock up a hill. So... When we reflect and get into building trust mm-hmm. as we go, right? I, I love one tip, one of my favorite sayings, well, one that I had to apply to myself was, uh, God gave you two ears and one mouth, use them accordingly <laughs> or proportionally. Mm-hmm. Listen as much, if not more, than you speak, Right. Like we said, to create that safe space, your employees or your team, they want to be seen or heard. Right. It also gives you time to process and digest what their needs are and what they're actually saying because they might not come straight out and say exactly what it is. So being able to read into that and then appropriately respond, not have a knee-jerk reaction that could damage that trust, but instead mm-hmm. listening to be able to build it. Yeah, key item, key tip. Another one is the fact that it's not a binary. And what do I mean by that? It's not a it's not a light switch where you have no trust and then you flip the switch and you have trust, right? Going back to that scale, it has to be earned. And... <clears throat> People, people approach trust in different ways. So, Andy, what, what do you mean by that? What I, what I mean by that is when you are meeting, you know, going back to that friendship scale again, right? If you're meeting somebody for the first time, where's your trust level with them? Do you approach life and have a philosophy of I have full trust and then you have to do things that hurt me or go against me or whatever it may be and then the trust starts eroding? Or do you walk in and say, I, I don't, I can't trust you as far as I, as I can throw you right now. Right. But as we have engagement, conversations, and spend time with each other, that trust level is going to start building up. Or are you somewhere in the middle? You know, go back to what, what was it? I trust, but question. Some people might be like, yeah, right. I have a certain level of trust automatically with you just because you're a human being. I'm meeting you for the first time, but you you have the opportunity to, to drag drag it down or build it up depending right. on how our engagement goes. So everybody has a different approach about where they slot in in that scale of trust when they first meet a person or start working with them or whatever the 
case may be. And then they're either going to go left or right. Right. From there, depending on the engagement. So that sliding of the lever from left to right is going to take time. Because it takes energy, it takes time of engagement and conversation and making decisions and all those things go into it. There's going to be some investment. Some investment. Yep. And then, like we talked about, nobody likes somebody who waffles. Right. (laughs) Right? Be consistent. And this is where, I mean, we go back to having business strategy, policies, et cetera. This is why those are important as well, Mm -hmm. to help have those guidelines. They are that. They're guidelines, not necessarily laws, because we said you should be empathetic as well. Right. Well, that's why it's important to go back to the seven Cs and sort of scan those or monitor them or be self-reflective on yourself on those seven Cs, because each one of those Cs has a play in the in the quote game of trust so to speak so if you can be you have clarity compassion character competency commitment connection and contribution your trust level is going to be way over to the right and if you're introspective about it think about it solicit feedback on it you know you may be giving feedback a performance review of your employee but don't be afraid to ask a question how am i doing right is there anything I can do better? Anything for I you? can do better as a leader? Right. What do you feel like are needs that you know, I'm not meeting that I may not be aware of? You know, so I've always I've always looked at performance reviews as a two way street. Mm-hmm. Now the next tip we sort of talked about, right, in that sort of kid parent role, right, about modeling behavior, modeling behavior that you're seeking. People are watching you. You know, anytime the <laughs> anytime the boss walks through the floor, you know, everybody's paying oh and the boss is oh, okay, right. what is he or she doing? Am I in trouble? Well the how are things going, you know. The whole lead by example. Right. Right. I mean, if you want like let's say you want a culture where everybody in the office is sharply dressed, suit, tie, mm-hmm. and you walk in on a regular basis in shorts, flip-flops, and a, a polo shirt. Tommy Bahama Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> yep. I don't think they're going to follow the suit thing for very long. No. No. So, you know, in, in my world, it's, you know, hey, we've got to do X activity a day. I do it first. Right? Mm-hmm. So... Also, I love, you know, if you don't have a model, how are you ever going to know what that looks like? Right. Yeah, if you're trying to espouse uh, the why, how, what of the of the company and the organization or your team, if you're in middle management or something of that nature, and you're not living the values that you're espousing or wanting other people to do, it's not right. going to happen, and the trust level is just going to be off right. to the left. And then the last big tip is to be accountable for your actions, right? And your decisions. What do we mean by that? That means if you make a decision and it goes in a bad way, are you taking ownership of the decision or are you trying to put the blame on somebody else? Right. You know, are you being accountable to your behaviors and your decisions Mm -hmm. in front of your team or your organization? I mean, I've gained a lot of respect for leaders in the past when something went wrong and they said, y'all, that... 
that's on me. That's my bad. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're not doing that, your trust trust level is going to go down. Right. So own it, good or bad, because you can own the good stuff too. It, it, everybody's right. going to be sitting in the foxhole with a with a hard helmet on, waiting for the flak to start flying when things don't go well. Right. And not going to take any risks. They're not going to make any decisions. They're going to throw everything on top of you mm-hmm. in hopes that maybe one day you actually will, will take ownership of the decisions that you made. And business is going to go very slow. It's going to grind to a halt. Right. If everything is about everybody else and not about you when you're making the decisions. So no. that's a lot. It is. On just one word. I know. Just one word. It's a major, major player in an organization and in a life. Right. I mean, you could, in t- general. You could, you could take this whole list and tweak it and move it and put it over in your your family dynamic or your, your hobby club environment or whatever. Right. I mean, trust is just a huge thing in life in general, and it plays everywhere. So you could easily take all these elements or some of these elements and apply it to a different organization, and it's still very valid, what we just talked about today. So we hope you got some some good nuggets out of it, some things that will help you to generate value in this world. And as always, we ask you to do what, Zach? Click the uh, follow button. The follow us. button that's spelled S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E, right? You get that right. I get that right? Sure. Yeah, I'm not great at spelling either. <laughs> but give us a follow. Help us generate more value. And tell your friends so they can tell yes. their friends who can tell their friends that we exist, that we're here, and that we're trying to generate value in their lives. Exactly. So thanks for joining us this week, and we will see you back here same time next week. Yes. Have a great day, great week, and take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.